0: to another edition of Bucky's 5th Podcast. Obviously a pretty happy podcast, and you can tell probably by the tone of our voice once we get going here, because Wisconsin uh, was able to pull off the upset in terms of rankings, I think a lot of us expected to win that game. Uh, But overall, you got the Paul Bunyan axe back to Madison in its rightful home, and of course took home with that the West Division title. So exciting stuff. Obviously for us, it's a lot more fun to talk about a Badger win over your arch rival, and of course, uh, later in the week, talk about another uh, Big Ten championship appearance. I, I know it's Ohio State, but it's always exciting, and I think they, they got a shot, and we'll obviously talk about that later in the week, but got to be excited about this uh, this last weekend, a, a huge way to recap the end of the season. So, Matt, how you doing? What are you thinking about uh, last weekend's game?
1: I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, it was exciting to see the Badgers go out and I think put together maybe their best uh, all together performance of the season and really kind of put things together and 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 really dominate in a lot of different facets uh, when the, everything was on the line. I know the team had really wanted this for for all season long. Talking with players all the way back in fall camp. About the importance of the axe and what it would mean to bring it back to to see that kind of all come to fruition was was huge and it was very cool to see.
0: Yeah, and I like that you touched on that with them talking about all the season because, like you mentioned, they were you know the axe was a topic of discussion uh, all throughout spring and, and fall practice before the season. So you just know how much this game meant to those guys, and to come out and and just dominate the way they did, and, and basically you know we kind of said it in last Thursday's show to to, you know, put your money where your mouth is. You've been talking about, we've been talking about the hacks all season and for them to go mm-hmm. out and do that uh, was pretty special because if you if you would have went out and, and had this on your mind for an entire year and then laid an egg in that big of a spot, that would have been, that would have been a really tough pill to swallow. Oh, no doubt. Well, let's talk about it a little bit. I mean, obviously going into the game, the you know the atmosphere was was pretty special. You know, Minnesota had never hosted College Game Bay before. There's a lot of tension on that. A lot of, you know, eyes on Minneapolis and of course on the Badgers, but you know, a lot of people were. I, I think all of Game Day picked Minnesota to win, and everybody was was going with the momentum of of the Gophers in this game. So, did your mood change at all before the game, or did you start to doubt at all before the game, or were you fairly confident going into this one that the, the Badgers were going to take care of business?
1: You know, as the week rolled on, I started actually gaining confidence. I, you know, just in looking at the matchup more. I know in the preview show talked a little bit about how Vegas was much higher on the Badgers than a lot of different metrics, and you know, I I always tend to lean in with that and go with the go with the points when it, when Vegas has something that kind of pops out to me. So that that kind of gave me the the boost I needed to really think that the Badgers would be able to go out and take care of business. And you know, I just it was one of those quiet, calm collected feelings that hey they're going to be able to go go ahead and do this and uh you know just the way that the team was talking all week long they backed it up and and you know I I thought that they had the kind of a growing confidence as the week went on just like I did I felt like
0: yeah I would agree I was I was you know pretty impressed with with their effort in that game and just their ability to execute on every sort of play I, I really think that they they did what they wanted to do and, and what they were talking about doing. And obviously their momentum from that standpoint, I think you're, I think you're right. It kind of just kept building each and every day and each and every week and going into the game, I was pretty confident that the Badgers were going to win. You know, I wasn't ever thinking that they were going to lose that game, but I'll have to say that that first few drives where they were kind of feeling each other out in Minnesota, got out to a, a lead. I started to, I started to get a little nervous. How about you?
1: Yeah no it it didn't look pretty especially though that first uh that first drive where you saw um Samar Melvin just a true freshman out there trying to take on uh, a very talented wide receiver and Rashad Bateman and he just got toasted uh so it was that was kind of heart-wrenching to see right away but then you could tell that they settled in really kind of got their legs back under them and weathered the storm and started throwing some haymakers back at Minnesota
0: yeah, that was. I think it was even more magnified when you think about that going into that game. I think that was every Badger fan's concern was their receivers against our secondary, and just to see them, you know, hit on a play like that right away, you thought, "Oh man, here we go. It's coming to life. It's coming true." What everyone was worried about. But kudos to to that secondary for bouncing back, and you know, obviously having a tremendous game, which we'll talk about a little later, uh, and really the defense as a whole uh, to to hold in that game because you kind of felt like when that when Minnesota threw that first punch that if the Badgers could you know even up or or get a lead going into half that it would everything would kind of relax and it it kind of did and then the second half just just really got really got rolling and, and things sort of changed but is there any certain spot that you feel that the momentum kind of flipped in this game
1: it kind of slowly built to that I think right away when uh PJ Fleck decided to punt on his own 35 yard line on that, what was it, fourth and one, fourth and two. I think that really was a big stop to give the the team a big boost. Then going after that, the Badgers went on a nice 59 yard drive that ate up almost five minutes of of time. So you could see that the Badgers started getting something going. Obviously the Crickshank fumble was was not uh not great, but but then they rebounded nicely with the interception quickly by Caesar Williams. So I think those that like three minute or four-minute window there really shed some light into how that game would would eventually transpire because Wisconsin was able to grab a hold of the momentum and not let go from that time forward really.
0: Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna agree with you there with the punt. I thought that was I thought that was a real gift to the Badgers to you know I mean I guess I'm my philosophy is to always go for it in those situations anytime really you're on your own side of the fifty you know and in that range I I would have gone for it and I think. I would have to guess if, if PJ Fleck could replay that he's going for it on fourth down there, wouldn't you think? Oh my
1: God, I would assume so. I mean, he, he, he even kind of talked about it in his uh, postgame presser about that. Some of it was on him, which I would totally agree. I thought Paul Christ was aggressive uh, throughout the game going for, going for it on two different fourth downs. Wisconsin is now the, the highest in the nation in converting those fourth down opportunities. But P.J. Fleck then, when they had their opportunity, they went ahead and punted. So I think it really showed um, just how important an, an aggressive uh, game plan can be. You know, it seems like when Wisconsin is bottled up and, and kind of shelled up a little bit against Illinois or Northwestern where they're not aggressive is when they it comes back to bite you. But when you're aggressive, like against Michigan, like against Minnesota here, it helps. And that's what happened to P.J. Fleck in a big way, uh, I feel like. And it was a big... Uh, momentum swing for both teams I feel
0: yeah I think it was huge just uh just to basically get bailed out and you know at up until that point they were having a little trouble getting off the field on third down so just to to force a fourth down and I fully expected them to go for it and you know when they punted that I just I like I exhaled and said oh thank you PJ that was that was huge (laughs) I I appreciated it very much because I I just I couldn't believe that they weren't going to go and try and get up at least, you know, get another score on the board, maybe even another seven and really uh, put Wisconsin in, in a tough position. So I I was surprised by it. And on the other side, I was I was really impressed by Paul. Christ. I, there's nothing I love more than aggressive Paul Christ. I, I love when they, you know, just buck up and say, let's go for it. What's, you know, we I, he trusts his defense. And I think that really gives your defense, you know, some confidence knowing that your coach is willing to be aggressive because he knows he's got a strong defense on the other side. Um, so overall, both coaches and, and how they handled those situations was was really a huge factor in this football game. Anything in particular? You know, obviously, I think the the, the main storyline coming out of this game was the offense. And you know, a lot of the games in in this 2019 season, the storyline's been the defense. But I think the offense was really really impressive. What, what kind of impressed you the most uh, with the Badgers' offense on Saturday?
1: I think it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of a couple different things. I think. The creativity that they used, you know, employing the the um, jet sweep action and the reverse action, pairing it with the screens and ability to take shots. It was they they used all everything in the arsenal. It wasn't just, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to do this well. Like we have seen when Wisconsin beat Iowa, for example, last year, where it was just like we're going to run the ball and we're going to run the ball really, really well. This was, hey, we've got a wide array of targets were going to spread the wealth. We saw Mason Stocky get involved. We saw some guys that really haven't made huge dents all year long, kind of step up and have, have their moments. And it, it was huge to see. I I thought Jack, Cro- Jack, Jack, Crohn, Jack Cone looked uh, exceptional. You know, he threw for 280 yards and it, that's the most since in a big 10 game since 2015 against Illinois. So they've, they really were able to, to do some things, passing the ball in some crappy conditions to, to really weather the storm that Minnesota kind of threw at them right away. And Jack Cohn was cool as a cucumber the whole game, it felt like.
0: Yeah, he was really impressive. He was very poised. I mean, I don't think people talked about enough that this is still – I know people, we have our thoughts about Minnesota, and maybe they were overrated. And But they, he still went on the road against a top 10 team in a hostile environment in a rivalry game and came out and probably played his best game of the season. I know, you know, stats-wise he he threw for a ton more yards against Central Michigan and he played really well against the Michigan Wolverines, but just in the moment and the composure and the efficiency for for Jack, that was probably his best game of the season and it was really impressive and I think his ability to throw the ball like that changes the offense completely because like you mentioned There's so many other wrinkles that you can put in. There's so many other guys that you can get the ball to when he's throwing it well. So I was thoroughly impressed with the offense and and just the creativity and and getting it to other guys because they knew if they were going to beat, you know, a team like that and if they were, if they're going to win this next weekend, they're going to have to get other playmakers involved. Jonathan Taylor's obviously been shut down by Ohio state the last few times they've played. So it'll be interesting to see if that creativity keeps coming and that aggression keeps coming in this big 10 title game. But absolutely. We'll talk about that uh, more later in the week. Do you think that was kind of the, you know, the overall the best play calling you've seen from, from the offense this season?
1: I think so. It was, it, it was, it was beautiful. You know, I've, I've always loved when they do that, that tight end, you know, tunnel screen. I, I think that thing is just the way that it sets up, you know, where they, they fake a screen going one way and tunnel, you know, the tight end, whoever it may be. It used to be Owen Daniels back in the day and man, that was that was always one of my favorite plays, and to see that, that just work so well um, was, was great to see, and, and then to kind of see what the Badgers could, could do um, using the end of rounds, using the screen passes in general, and then it was awesome to see them take deep shots, you know, we, we have been calling for that all year long, and Quintez Cephas took the top off the defense on that one, and, and it was pretty, because it was right on the money, and he made a beautiful over-the-shoulder grab, so it, it was great to see. I thought the offensive line really held up their end of the bargain and and made it easy to kind of call some great plays because they didn't give up any sacks. They were able to kind of chunk away at the ground game with almost five yards of carry. So I thought I thought the the if I had to give an MVP, I would give it to the offensive line because they really held up their end of the bargain and, and pushed around a really senior laden Minnesota defense.
0: Yeah, I would I would agree with you. I think that they played a huge role both in the passing game. And the run game and I know those offensive linemen never get enough credit for I'm saying I think Wisconsin fans appreciate you know the you know the strong play of the line more than most fan bases but they they really did a tremendous job of, of both pass protection and opening some holes and and running those design plays that are a little bit harder for linemen to run you think of those end arounds where everybody's pulling and everybody's got to find their guy that's not an easy thing to do I, You know, I'm thinking of like the jet sweep with Kendrick Pryor where there's so many guys moving and pulling and it's a really tough assignment football, and so I, I think they were really impressive. And then to you know just have to know all those plays and know where you've got to be and know your assignment, it, it takes a lot. So so kudos to them and then in the other parts of the offense, everybody was was just clicking on all cylinders in terms of the play calling. I really think it was impressive just because of the timing of the, some of those you know well designed plays, but they also were were called and, and executed at the at a great time. And obviously when those things hit, it's a huge momentum booster. And so I was I was thoroughly impressed with the offense. And then, of course, you talked about the cone deep ball. I, I really think that cone throw uh, to Cephas on that one, I think that was his best throw of the season. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely up there, I would, I would have to imagine, because that was right on the money. And when you put in the conditions that he mm-hmm. was throwing with, it, it, it's definitely one of them.
0: Yeah, and he'll obviously need to uh, continue that uh, play this weekend against a tough Ohio State defense that we've already seen a little bit from before, and obviously they've been dominating all season. So to to have Jack fire in on all cylinders will be really important. The other storyline, I think, for the offense for this game was, was the Taylor. Obviously, coming into this game and, and to start, JT really couldn't get a lot going, and I think Minnesota was keying in on him, and, and, the, and the offense just said, you know what, if they're keying on JT they're going to go, we're going to go ahead and use, you know, 23 as a decoy. And I, I think they really did that. Uh, but he also, you know, towards the end, he still had a game, you know, obviously had a receiving touchdown and racks up some yards and some touchdowns on the ground. So not his best game, not his you know, most prominent game, but how important was, was JT's presence in terms of the offense on Saturday?
1: He's still, you know, by far the most important player on the field at any given moment, just because you have to take him into effect. You saw him with that wheel route. Um, it looked like they tried to hit it the first time and it, and Jack missed it. He, he didn't throw it to him. And then the second time they were like, okay, it, it's open. So let's throw it. So it's, it, it's, he's just has to be accounted for. We saw some read option where Jack Cohn kept it because they were keying so hard on JT. So he, he's, he's just a threat at any given moment and i thought the badgers used him well and they even had certain times just didn't even have him on the field which was um it kind of left a scratch in her head at sometimes but it worked you know the badgers garrett Grosh had had a hell of a game and Nikia watson had his had his moments as well where he he ran pretty hard so it, it, it was cool to see and, it, and it's always great to know that you've got other weapons that you can use and that you can use such a talented player as a decoy at times what did you make of him
0: yeah, I would agree. I think they they used him. They said, you know, they're going to key on Jonathan Taylor. They're going to put eight guys in the box to, to bail out for this run. So if they do that, let's go ahead and use him and play action. Run, you know, run away from him, go to other guys and get the. And obviously, I think that was a huge part of why some of those plays opened up so well. Obviously, Jonathan, like you said, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the best player on the field. You know, when he's out there, and he, he's going to be the one that everybody's focused on. So if you can fake it to him or run something else off of his presence, I think that opens up so many other things more so than just the plays and the execution. I think just knowing that you have essentially, like we've mentioned a decoy on the field can really benefit and open up the offense. And, and I also, I think it gives the rest of the, you know, the other 10 guys on the field with him uh, some confidence that we don't have to, we don't have to have JT go off and obviously that helps, but J- Jonathan Taylor doesn't have a cap to, you know, have a career game to win this football game and, you know, again, we keep coming back to Ohio State. but You're going to have to do a lot of those same things this weekend if if you want to beat them, because he's been that's probably been the team that's held him in check the most. So other playmakers are going to have to step up big time on both sides of the football to get that done. So I I think they used him well. They still got him involved, but I think he really is able to make some plays when you when you know there's a threat and some balance and for some other other things obviously coming at you. Um, anything else stand out to you in
1: terms of the offense? Uh, no, i think I think it's just impressive what Quintez Cephas has done, given everything that coming into the year, kind of everything that was embroiled around him last season to to see how he's responded and and really played so well uh, and become really the the primary target for Jack Cohn. You know he's got he's got forty seven catches compared to Ferguson, who's got twenty seven as the next closest. so it's it's been really impressive to see what he's been able to do. And he, he's he's a he's a future pro uh, in my eyes. Uh, what, what what do you think about his season so far?
0: Oh, I think it's been tremendous. I mean, the connection between those two has been, you know, really, a, I think an underrated storyline when you think about, you know, I, I know you and I never really doubted that Jack Cohn would be the starting quarterback, but there was an open competition, quote, unquote, at the beginning of the season. So you were unsure about that position. And then, of course, Quintez Cephas, he, but you know we've talked about it so many times on this show Uh, you know a week before the season he's ruled eligible to play and now he comes in and puts up one of a a really solid season and a really impressive season and obviously the, the leading receiver for Wisconsin just didn't miss a beat you know just came back and showed that why he was so tremendously talented obviously why he was so important before of course his injury at Indiana and then the off the field stuff but it's been it's been a tremendous storyline that I don't think it talks about enough just because of Jonathan Taylor's obviously presence and attention that it gets from the media. But Quintez Cephas and Jack Cohn, that connection has really been really been really important to this offense and, and their ability to to move the football down the field. All right. That wraps up our offensive talk. We've we've gotten to into a lot on the offensive side of the ball. So we'll touch on some other stuff. But first, we're going to go ahead and kick it to some quick ads, and then we'll get into some defense. All right. Obviously, the offense was clicking on Saturday afternoon for Wisconsin. Everything was going right uh, for the offense, and Jonathan Taylor and Jack Cohn and, and company. But the defense deserves some credit and some attention, too, because they had one of their best games. Obviously, coming into it, Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson, Tanner Morgan, you know, Mo Ibrahim, uh, Rodney, S- uh, so many offensive weapons for Minnesota. I think this... Overall, outside of Ohio State, this is one of the more talented teams on the offensive side of the football in terms of star power and players. But the Badgers really, you know, showed up and and answered the call. So, how do you feel that the Badgers responded to this obviously big test against the Gophers?
1: I thought I thought they did great. You know, I I thought Jim Leonard really did a nice job of wrinkling in some pressure, getting. Getting to Tanner Morgan, getting him off of his spot, getting him out of his rhythm. They got to him five times. I thought the the big thing that I saw was the defensive line. They really were animals up there. Garrett Rand and um, Isaiah Loudermilk were were men amongst boys. You know, Minnesota had came in with the, the heaviest offensive line or biggest quote unquote offensive line in, in the country. Um, a lot of that due to Daniel Foll- um <laughs> massive size at 100. Four, <laughs> yeah, like, like Aaron Gibson style there. But he, uh, but he, he was, he was kind of a non-factor because the offensive line or the defensive line was able to do so much. Garrett Rand had seven tackles and a sack. You saw Isaiah Loudermilk getting in on tackles. Keanu Benton had a big, uh, fourth down stop or a third down stop that led to that punt. So it was, it was great to see kind of some of those guys really kind of stand up and, and hold strong in the trenches against a big uh, Minnesota line that a lot of people have been talking about all year long. And that I think really helped the secondary who we knew was going to be up for a dogfight with Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson, like you said, two of the best wide receivers in the big 10 and two of the better wide receivers that we're going to see uh, in the big 10, you know, these past few years and going forward because they're so talented. Um, but I thought just overall, the way that Jim Leonard attacked them and the play of the defensive line really stood out to me.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, we we both talked about it last week on how important getting pressure on the quarterback was going to be, and that obviously starts up front with those guys just getting that push. Maybe they don't always get to the quarterback, and maybe they just get that push for the linebackers to get there. You know, with Bond and and Chris Orr, but it, it all works cohesively on the defensive side of the football. And I think you saw how important it is when the Badgers get defensive line pressure and get you know get a push backwards into the backfield, how that can open up a your linebackers and b you know help your secondary out who's who's facing a really tough test and i know they gave up some chunk plays but a lot of them underneath were weren't huge plays they're really the couple big ones but other than that uh they held that you know secondary held that receiving core in check so i was pretty impressed all around with this defense and the defensive line you know hats off to them for for like you said going against an offensive line that is, is pretty massive. We we saw that they had some sacks allowed struggles, and, and we knew that that was going to be the mismatch. But you know, I was I was thoroughly impressed with the Badgers obviously ability uh, to respond to that and, and get to the quarterback. And Tannen Morgan seemed to be having having fits all game long just with that pressure. And of course, that also helps when I mean, they couldn't run the ball at all. And, and so when you have to when you're one dimensional and you can allow those guys to just key back and, and get after the passer, it really makes a big difference. Is there anything, I know you touched on the defensive line, is that, or where were you most impressed uh, with this defensive performance?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are going to turn and look at the secondary. I think the secondary played great. There was some touchy calls, you know, that could have gone either way. I know a lot of people were kind of clamoring about that on the Minnesota side, but it went both ways. There was a couple plays that went uh, Minnesota's way in pass interferences, so I'm not going to dive too down too deep down that rabbit hole. But, you know, I think the defensive line and the front seven in general, holding 76 yards, rushing well under their average, two and a half yards of carry, and, and and the pressure of five sacks. You know, Zach Bond had a heck of a game with two sacks of his own and leading the team in tackles. You know, it's, it's it was impressive to see the front seven just kind of dominate a team and and make them one dimensional make them have to lean on those wide receivers who are very very talented wide receivers but at the same time that's not what they've been called to do all season long they they're guys who are used to pay, going off of play action doing you know um doing read run pass option on slant routes we didn't see a lot of that because the, they didn't have the time to go ahead and do those Fakes. Otherwise, you saw Reggie Pearson getting in there and, and hitting the quarterback. You saw Chris Orr just absolutely obliterate Tanner Morgan on one of those where he tried to run pass mm-hmm. options. So it's it's one of those where I, I was really impressed with the front seven and their ability to put pressure on the defense, force fumbles, make some big plays uh, that really helped out the secondary, which we knew was going to be in a dogfight, especially with one of your starters down in Rashad Wild Goose.
0: Yeah, I mean, they just, they did a great job of, of getting pressure in his face and really forcing him to make some bad throws. I mean, I, the amount of should have been interceptions in that game were, were pretty mind blowing. I can't tell you how many times, you know, you saw guys, you know, on the ground holding their heads in their helmet because they were so close to getting an interception. They could have easily had three or four picks in that game, wouldn't you think?
1: Oh, it There was so many opportunities, you know, Cesar Williams, you know, had the, obviously that nice interception off the tip, but then he also had another opportunity later that just kind of just barely just went through his hands. So I I totally agree that the secondary played awesome, but they had their opportunities and it it was so close so many different times.
0: Yeah, that would have been interesting to see if a few more of those, obviously break Wisconsin's way and, and fall into the right hands. How, how different that would have made the game because really they had a lot of opportunity. I mean, Tanner Morgan, uh, granted there was he, he had pressure in his face all day and the weather wasn't great, but he was throwing some serious ducks that that really should have been picked off uh, you know just just given a you know a couple other bounces their way uh, we we've talked a little bit about the secondary and obviously how the corners stepped up how how important is it to see that in terms of you know the performance having a good game against two quality receivers when you know that Ohio State is going to a bring talented receivers but also bring a really talented and and scheme that has given the Badgers fits in the past.
1: I think it's huge. You know, if anything, it's a big uh, bolt of confidence for these guys because they were picked apart against Purdue against Nebraska. They, and even like you go earlier in the season, the second half against Michigan late in the game, where they were kind of just giving up huge chunks too. So Wisconsin got back to kind of getting pressure, which I think is the big thing. And then we saw some guys really step up. I thought Samara Melvin outside of that first play played awesome. He he you know especially for a true freshman, he hasn't even played in his four a lot of games yet. So it's 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 wild to see a guy like that step up, make some plays. I thought Caesar Williams you know to have some so many pass breakups with four of them is huge. You saw Eric Burrell getting his nose in there. I thought it was just, it was awesome to see. And I'm, it really gives these guys confidence. And it gives, I think fans a little uh, more confidence in what these guys can do against a really, really talented wide receiving group. It's not necessarily the top end talent where it's like, Hey, this is the guy, you know, Chris Olave is really talented, but I would still take Rashad Bateman over him. But it's, it's the, the wealth of players that they have, that they can turn to is, is much is far deeper. I should say. Oh yeah,
0: I would totally agree. I mean, you know, Minnesota has the star power in terms of of names, but Chris Olave and and some of those other guys have a lot of talented, you know, a lot of talent in their genes. I should say it's just a matter of not knowing their names as well. But I I totally agree. I think just confidence wise, the secondary uh, really got a boost after having two or three weeks of of getting kind of knocked around and and getting criticized. And obviously, Jim Leonard was a little criticized from that, given his Background as a defensive back, but overall, I I think it really builds momentum. And you can't look too far back. Now you're into the Big Ten Championship. To have a game like that to build them momentum going into their biggest and toughest test of the season is is really important. So I'm I'm hoping it carries over and and allows them to have another great week of practice and of course uh, execute like that again on Saturday because they're going to need it. And obviously guys like Melvin and and Caesar Williams who have played. Obviously, Williams has played more, but they've they've still kind of played sparingly and in rotation to to just step up the way they did. I was thoroughly impressed with uh, with both of those guys just given the opportunity and the moment. Really, this game kind of came down to to two different things. Obviously, Wisconsin won in dominating fashion, and we you can say what you want about the Badgers and you can say what you want about Minnesota, but people obviously expected the Gophers to to maybe lose this game and thought they were a little overrated. Maybe that came to fruition, but do you think this game taught you more about Wisconsin's ability to, to dominate a football game or does it teach you more about Minnesota's maybe being not as strong as they were throughout the entire season?
1: I think it's, it's a testament to who Wisconsin is uh, more. So it kind of gets shows maybe uh, how far things fell off the rails last season when the Badgers finished eight and five, got blown out by Minnesota in, on, in Camp Randall. And instead, this year, we saw Wisconsin really come out and make the plays and dictate the game in a way that is very different or polar opposite of last season. Um, you know, I thought it sh- still showed how much power Wisconsin had in the trenches along the offense and defensive line, um, given those the dominating effort up front on both sides of the ball. And, and, it's, and it still showed that, hey, Quintez Cifas, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Jack Cohn, they're, they're guys to be reckoned with and that the Badger offense still has uh, weapons and that they can still make the plays necessary after kind of sputtering at times in the middle of the season and making fans question what's really going on here. Um, so I think it was it was tell, telling about Wisconsin greater than Minnesota um, for those reasons.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, it's it's really I think it's a mixture of both. I, I don't think you can discount what Minnesota did all season. They still any gopher fan would take a ten two season and a you know appearance in a obviously New Year's Day bowl most likely. Um, but also, yeah, like you said, just just the Wisconsin's ability to win with their system. I really think it showed the nation that a they're not you know afraid of any moment, and obviously a rivalry game like that is a huge moment. Uh, but B, I think they're it's showing that they're they're willing to go and and play anybody and hang with anybody. And I think that obviously plays big when you're taking on really the best team in college football, maybe one of the best teams in the next in the last decade. And when you on Saturday, and obviously I I fully hope that the Badgers can go and pull off that upset. But I you know I know people are doubting that, but at the same time you, you got to feel confident just knowing that this team's attitude is in the right place and their mindset's in the right place and and know that they're going to go out there and down to Indianapolis. And I think they're really going to put up a fight, don't you?
1: Yeah, I I think they'll have their moments. I think it's going to come down to what the the offense can do if they can put up points. You know, that obviously was a huge issue last year, uh, given the Chase Young spectacle that occurred. But if the offense can put up points, I think they'll – they'll be able to hang with them at least for a while. Um, but, I, but I, I do want to circle back. I do think it's kind of indicative of um, Minnesota as well, because you, you look back at their record and, and the teams that they played and you look at what Wisconsin had to get through to get to the big 10 championship and what they did, uh, what Minnesota, I should say, it, it's, it's a tale of two tapes, you know, just in, ter- in terms of the competition that they had to go through. So I, I think it's kind of a, a little bit of both, like you were saying, if, if I had to, to really rethink about it.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I hear what you're saying. Um, But uh, overall, obviously uh, winners of the big 10 West, it's been a, it's been an up and down season, obviously up at the beginning and a two week stretch of, of down. And then really kudos to this team for, for bouncing back because they could have, they could have packed it in and said, you know what, Minnesota's two games up on us. It looks bleak. You know, maybe we'll just play the rest of these games out and see what happens, but they didn't, they buckled down and, and one out of win streak to, to get to the back to this game and play some important November football and rattled off three straight rivalry wins uh, to get to that point and, and represent the West. So how good does it feel uh, as a Badger fan to be going back to the Big Ten Championship?
1: Oh, it's great. I mean, this is the fourth time they'll be there out of the six times that they've had it. So it's 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 telling of where this program is and what Wisconsin is about and the stranglehold that they've kind of had on the the West division. And I'm really excited to see what they can do. And it was super great to see all of the seniors chopping down the ax, you know, running around like kids, you know, just super excited about what they had done and all the hard work that they had put in, because I know that that had really uh, grinded their gears last year when they lost that game. And It was something that they really had worked all season long and all off season long towards. So to see that kind of all come together was, was beautiful. And especially with the snow, I mean, you saw some of the pictures that have come out and it's, it's Mm -hmm. cool. It was a very cool atmosphere and uh, you know, it's, it's exciting that the Badgers came out on the right side of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, surreal, surreal is the word that I kind of described it as just given, if you were writing a book about, you know, a football game, arch rivalry with the oldest running rivalry in football and all coming down and probably the biggest game in this series uh, you would have drawn up exactly what take you know took place on Saturday with the snow and the atmosphere and college game day um, so for them to get over that final hump and, and play spoiler to a really special season for Minnesota was cool but also just the fact to, to bounce back from an eight and five season that people were there, there's no doubt that fans and, and people around the program were maybe thinking that this badger run of nine ten win seasons was gonna go away. Um, you know, for really them to bounce back and answer with a lot of question marks on the team and a lot of doubters, I, I think it just speaks to just the overall strength of, of your coaching and, and just the strength of the Wisconsin program. No doubt. All righty guys. Well that's all we've got for our Axe Week recap. Obviously a tremendously fun episode just given that Wisconsin came out on top and will be representing the West down in Indianapolis. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Obviously, we will be back on Thursday uh, for our Big Ten Championship Preview Podcast. It'll be a lot of fun to talk about. We'll dive back into, uh, you know, we'll have our interview with Ohio State again, kind of see what's been different from the Buckeyes uh, from the last time they met them because it's such a Such an interesting storyline when you take on the same team twice. So we'll get more into that Big Ten Championship preview later in the week. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. On Wisconsin.